0: Greetings to all of God's people, this is Mordecai Joseph, we are now in lesson 86, and we are now also in uh, the book of Acts chapter 14 and verse 1, where we stopped last time, let's re-read it again, now it happened in Iconium, that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews, and so spoke, that a great multitude, both of the Jews and of the Greeks, believed, speaking about the Jews, were of the community of Israel, and the Greeks, that were of the nations, and there were people who were righteous to a certain degree, they came to the synagogue but feared God, they wanted to know about that way, and they apparently were living to a certain degree in the way that God revealed to his people Israel. And so when he came to speak in the synagogue, obviously he came back to them. Also, as we read earlier, where he spoke in a different synagogue and all the Gentiles came and wanted to him to speak and tell him that he tell them all about that way. The way of God, the way that led to salvation, the way that led to redemption. And to them it was a very exciting news because they've never heard about that kind of freedom, freedom of the spirit, if not freedom of the flesh at the time. And many of them were also slaves. That was the age of slavery where there were many slaves and different uh, levels of society where the Romans were on a higher level and uh, the conquered people were not. And so they found it to be extremely exciting that there is a deity that is willing to free them and give them freedom of mind, freedom of spirit, so they can feel like uh, redeemed people, freed people, uh, no more like slaves. And that's why you find them oftentimes in the synagogues, wherever Paul went. And so they were also in the land of Israel, where many of them lived among the children of Israel and wanted to also walk in the way of life the way that was revealed to Israel. And again, you can see that Paul continues to go to the synagogue, even though earlier he told a certain uh, part of the community of Israel that we in a certain synagogue. People think that because he said that to them, that means he said it to the whole Jewish community, and that's a total error. It was a, a localized problem. And to them he said, well, you don't want to hear it. I'm going to the nations. I'm going to the Gentiles. And some people use that very uh, section here to justify the replacement of theology. God put down Israel and picked up the church, and there is no such a thing. He still continues to deal with Israel, and Paul continues to go to Israel. And so that's exactly what we read here. And then we go to uh, chapter uh, chapter 15, that is, and verse 5, and we read, in the beginning of the chapter, we read about the issue that the head of the time, great controversy about circumcision, where now Paul was dealing with Gentiles and a certain aspect of the law of God, of the Torah, were not applicable to them. And we don't have any background to that. In other words, we don't see Jesus Christ speaking about that before that. We don't see the apostles speak about that. And yet, that was something that Paul understood from the scriptures, from the days of Abraham, and he's bringing bringing it to their attention. In other words, when God called Abraham for 25 years, from the time that he came into the land until he was circumcised, Abraham was like the Gentiles, and uncircumcised. And yet he was circumcised in the heart. And so that's, in essence, what he's trying to explain to his people, the children of Israel, the Jews. He said, you forgot about Father Abraham. You forgot about the way God does his work. And now that you have this influx of people that God is calling and is sanctifying by His Holy Spirit and by faith, you cannot expect them at this point, well, they're not ready for it, to also get circumcised. After all, you're not talking about eight-year-old babies. You're talking about adult, mature adult, and that became a major problem for many of them. And yet the Jews said, without that, there is no salvation. And Paul made it very plain, as God made it very plain to begin with, when he began with the Father of the Faithful. Salvation does not begin with the flesh. It begins with the heart. It begins with the conversion of the mind, you know, by the Spirit of God, as it did with Father Abraham. And so, in that sense, you don't need to have a background in terms of uh, explanation before that, and preparation before that, uh, what do you tell the Gentiles and what do you don't, what do you expect from them, what do you don't. That knowledge was already there. And for some reason, we just uh, don't read about it because it was, it was not an issue. The disciples of Jesus Christ, Peter, and uh, James, and John, and all the others, they were commissioned to go to the house of Israel, so they didn't have to deal with that problem or this issue. But Paul had it. And yet, the Jews that rightly so, it's not wrongly so, have been taught all their lives and since Sinai that and from Egypt, that every Israelite must be circumcised if he's going to be a part of Israel. God himself was the one that made that statement. If they are going to be a part of Israel and partake in all the aspects of the life of Israel, which included uh, coming to the tabernacle in the wilderness and later on in the temple and being partakers of the temple rituals and all that, well, they were supposed to be circumcised and nothing has changed about that even at this point. If a Gentile wanted to go to the temple, the Jews would say, okay, you can come to the temple, but you've got to be circumcised first and be a full-fledged member of the community of Israel. They had no problem about that. But for a Gentile who says that he is a follower of Christ and believes in the Torah and obeys much of the Torah, to say that I want to go to the temple without circumcision, well that was a major problem, that was a no-no. Even the apostles and the disciples would never have allowed any Gentile convert to go into the temple because of that. So the issue was a bit different. And that's in essence what we're dealing with here. And so in verse 5 we read, But some of the sect of the Pharisees who believed, speaking about people in the body of Christ, in the revitalized church of God, that is the people of Israel, who are now becoming spiritual Israel, not only physical, and you can see even within the church you still have different sects. Here we read about the sects of the Pharisees, but there were also the sect of the Sadducees that were in the church, and there was also the sect of, of the Essenes that were in the church who believed, and there was also the sect of, of uh, John the Baptist, the one that followed him, and who knows how many others. And so it was also in the community of Israel. There were many sects, but they were all people of God, children of Israel, members of the church. And today we cannot conceive of that, but in essence we have it, We finally ended up with it, whether we like it or not. Many of us who are in different congregations. We call ourselves churches and we should not because we are congregations. We should understand the difference between uh, the ecclesia, which is the totality of the body of Christ, which comes from uh, originally the, the correct word that should be used and people are not using it anymore. And yet, that's in essence what we mean when we say church. We're talking about the body of witnesses, the people of God. And today there are so many of us from different groups and organizations and there are those who are inclined toward messianism and uh, the synagogue and this and that and the other thing and others are more strict and others more liberal and others more this. We've got our own sex today in our own midst and those of us who are not narrow-minded we accept the fellowship of all of them and we we worship with all of them. Others uh, want to be strict and that's exactly what some of the of the people of, uh, of uh, Israel that were now spiritual Israel, uh, some of them had the same problem. They were so strict in their understanding that they said, well, you've got to be exactly like us or else in everything that we do. Nothing new under the sun. And so we read about one, one of those sects, one of the sects of the Pharisees who believed, rose up, saying it is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the Torah of Moses. Well, they were speaking about all the do's and don'ts that are related to the temple. But mind you, these are the Gentiles. They're not coming to the temple. They are abroad. And so, there were some differences about them. And the Apostle Paul understood that. And the other Apostles later on, when that issue came up, understood that too. But these people who saw things strictly, you know, sort of black and white, and that's the only way they can understand things, they did not see the entirety of the picture, the whole picture. And they certainly, totally forgot about Father Abraham. Had Father Abraham, well, you know, being in their midst at the time, still in his first 25 years, they would not have allowed him into the temple because he was uncircumcised. And so this is what we find ourselves here. And so it's an issue within the body of Christ, the people of God, the children of Israel, the commonwealth of Israel. And when we talk about Gentiles, we're not talking about Gentiles who are still practicing their Gentile religion. We're talking about Gentiles that were grafted into the commonwealth of Israel. This is because that Israel is a church, so they were grafted into the church, the church of Israel. Of whom we find some Pharisees, some Essenes, some Sadducees, some this and some that. But being grafted into the commonwealth of Israel, this strictly uh, I mean the Pharisees. Of the Pharisees that so think in a very strict manner. They said, "Well, we got to go all the way. We got to get circumcised." And in that sense, they were in accordance with the law because that's what the law demanded and commanded. But what they did not understand, the law also included other instructions, exceptions. In other words, just like in the exception of Abraham, uh, and even the exception of the whole entirety of uh, at least in the majority of the children of Israel who were in the desert, and all of them who were born in the desert were uncircumcised, and yet they were still the church of God, the people of God, the wife of God. And being uncircumcised, they obviously were not able to do certain things, like getting the Passover, because that would have been a blasphemy against the law. But they were still a part of the people of God, and God allowed it, just like he allowed with Abraham. He allowed it for a period of four years. I mean, 40 years, he didn't like it. He called it the shame of Egypt when he told uh, Joshua to uh, circumcise all the generations that came out of Egypt and were not circumcised, but were born in the wilderness. He said, well, today we have overturned the reproach of Egypt. You see? Because Egypt was an uncircumcised uh, nation in spirit and in the flesh. And that's how God regarded that generation. And yet he accepted them in his own people. He dealt with them, he fed them, he cared for them, and he blessed them, and he brought them to the land, and he brought them into the land of Israel, you see. But before crossing the Jordan, before going into the promised land, he brought them to the border, that is, there he commanded them that you must circumcise before you enter into the land. So, all that background, you know, on the mind of the Pharisees, that, that's the way they saw it, and in one sense, you might say they were right, if you go by the letter of the law. But if you go by the entirety, of the Torah that also spoke about the conversion of the heart or later on also the flesh counts as in Father Abraham's case well that they did not understand and that was the issue here and Paul was trying to explain that to them and they had a difficult time understanding it so in bringing in Jerusalem that's what they were dealing with aspects of the law aspects of the Torah that were different than the norm and God always makes its exceptions in certain ways even in the exception of uh, the law of stealing you know or even killing. You know, he said, you shall not murder. But, if there is an issue where somebody got murdered by somebody else, he allowed somebody else to murder that person who murdered his brother or his uncle or his father or whatever it may be. And the case of stealing was the same. You're not allowed to steal. Thou shall not steal. And yet God says if you are hungry, you go through somebody's field, you're allowed to go and take some fruit and eat. Just don't put it in your basket. Or don't, don't, uh, harvest it. You see? So. Some people would regard it stealing no matter what, because that's mine, you're taking it from me. God says, no, I make exceptions in certain cases. And this is one of those things that we are dealing with in the Torah. And the ones who are able to spiritually discern all those things and understand it as called it, and others, even we see them in our midst, are so strict that they cannot see beyond uh, You know, their nose, so to speak. And when it comes to the law, they're not able to comprehend the whole picture. They're the ones who generally condemn everybody else who is not as strict as they are. and So it goes with everything else. And that was the problem of these Pharisees of the Pharisees. They were so strict that in, that in their strictness they forgot about the entirety of the picture. And Christ clashed with them several times on this very point. Like the plucking of the icon on the Sabbath. You know, the ear cone on the Sabbath. Uh, where well, they were not allowed because according to the law of the Sabbath you shouldn't do any manner of work. And they did not see the whole picture. People were hungry. Where else would they go? They cannot starve. Sabbath is for them. It was created for men, not men for the Sabbath. And so forth. Anyway, this is what we are dealing with here. And again, as we go through all that, and in essence, you know, people are struggling with the law of God to fully understand and comprehend it. Uh, this is what we go through. And this whole story is within the entire, within the community of Israel. These are all converted people, not only physical Israelites, but converted people, and the majority of them are physical Israelites, and also spiritual, now, and others who are spiritual Israelites, but not physical Israelites, and that's where the issues come up. And so the apostles and the elders came together to consider this matter. And when there had been much dispute... Peter rose up and said to them, men and brethren, you know that a good while ago God chose among us that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. Speaking about Cornelius, a man that was uncircumcised, and Paul and Peter went to him and he told him, you know, the law, I know the law tells us that we are not allowed to eat with the Gentiles. You know, a Jew does not do that because that's what the law of God commanded. You don't fellowship with them, don't have anything to do with them. You certainly don't sit down and eat with them. With They're uncircumcised. And yet, he said, in essence, God made it very plain to him. That, just like with Father Abraham, even though he was uncircumcised, God dealt with him, walked with him, he served God, he converted him by in the Spirit, his heart was converted, his mind was converted, and he sanctified him by faith, and then later on, 25 years down the road, he also gave him that circumcision of the flesh to seal as to, in essence, to symbolize the circumcision of the heart. So it was not the other way around as it became later on when the baby is eight days old is already circumcised in the flesh before he's circumcised in the heart. But God still now and then allows first circumcision of the heart before the circumcision of the flesh. And the issue that the Pharisees brought here, which was a valid issue, by the word of God, it's not their own invention, that God demanded circumcision. But the apostles were explaining, Paul was explaining, that's true, that's what the law says, but also the law shows us, very plainly, that God also, sometimes, not always, not as a rule, but sometimes, at times, here and there, even the father of the faithful was an example of it, God first converts the heart, sanctifies the heart, purges the heart, circumcises the heart before he does with the flesh. And that was the whole issue here. It's not that the law of God of circumcision is done away with. It's just the priority that God sometimes allows, which comes first, of the heart or the flesh. And so this is what he says So in verse 8. So God who knows the heart, acknowledged them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did with us. That's before even circumcision. There was no circumcision. He did not even require them. Peter didn't say anything to Cornelius about, well, he got to circumcise first. Because God already gave him the Spirit even before spoke. Even before Peter you know, spoke and, uh, and taught them. And God made it very plain. That he does not change. In other words, if you still want to convert first the heart, he can do it. Just like he did with Father Abraham. And so that's what Peter is th- telling them. He gave him the Holy Spirit. You know, that circumcision. And he made no distinction between us and them. Purifying their hearts by faith. So if he had done it with Cornelius, why can't he do it with the rest of the, of the Gentiles? Now some Gentiles who come to the, to the truth, their hearts are open now, and God is opening their heart and giving them the Spirit. Want to go ahead and circumcise? Fine, nobody's going to stop them. But they should remember... The real important thing is the conversion of the heart. And that's what Paul later on would tell them. You know, circumcision is nothing and uncircumc- uh, unc- uncircumcision is nothing. In other words, if your heart is not converted, well, what value is it to be circumcised? But, he said, there is an advantage of circumcision if your heart is circumcised. So even then he made it very plain. He had never spoken against circumcision. He was just making an issue. Which comes first? Which is more important than the sight of God. And as far as Israel were concerned, the physical Israel, they were commanded to continue circumcision, It's just for the nations. God chose, just like with Father Abraham, to be, bring them that way. And as Peter made it, very plain, when God chose to do it that way, who was He to, st- to withstand him? withstand him? And so he said he made no distinction between us and them purifying their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? Now, he's not talking about circumcision here, because when you are eight days old, that's not an issue. A yoke, you know, you're not complaining about it, and you don't know what's happening. Yes, there is a measure of pain and trauma there, but this is you not know, what he's talking about, because well, they're all circumcised, and they did not say, well, we can't bear it. He's talking about A heavy burden of many things that God placed on Israel because of their uncircumcised heart that related to many uh, rituals that were related to the temple. Those are the things that the children of Israel found hard to do, but as long as their heart was uncircumcised, God demanded that they do those things. If their heart was circumcised as He commanded them to do, many of those things would not have been there. And some people forgot that. God made it very plain, even in the, through the prophet uh, Hosea, I believe, or Amos, uh, he said that, I gave them laws that were not good for them, to defile them in their own sacrifices. Like one of them that he named was uh the giving of the first bone of, of, of every cattle. You see? Where the first one had to be sacrificed. So he said, intentionally, I uh, did it, even though I knew those are not really good things. But because of their uncircumcised heart, I placed it upon them. And that's what Peter is talking about. A lot of those things that God placed on Israel because they were uncircumcised and stiff necked But now when you find disciples, who are not Israelites, who are willing already and have acknowledged their faith and their willingness to serve God, they have no need, because they have circumcised their heart already and listened, they have no need to have that burden that was placed on us. And that's what the issue is. And, you know, you have to have a background about uh, what's going on here and why God gave many of the laws that he gave in Sinai, uh, ritualistic laws, why did he give it to them? Many of those things he gave them because they were uncircumcised and constantly rebellious and constantly stiff-necked and constantly going against the laws of God and he constantly had to plead with them, as he did with the Sabbath in, in uh, Exodus 16, even before they came to Sinai. Well, they were not keeping the Sabbath properly, You know, the story of the manna. And he told him, how long, how long will you not, you know, obey my laws? The laws that were already there and speaking about the Sabbath in specific. That's the reason why he added a lot of those things that became a burden to Israel. And yet, as long as they were bound by the ritualistic system of going to the temple and purification and all those things, which now, by now, became a law and uh, has been for many, many centuries, well, the, the, the Israelites continue to do those things. But when God brings the Gentiles who are willing to be circumcised in the heart to begin with, there was no need to place on them many of those things that were still binding on those who entered into the temple. Speaking of the physical Israelites. And so that's what he's talking to them about, reminding them of all those things, and there were many, many other things that were spoken here that were obviously were not recorded. But when he had the entirety, of the, the picture in mind, then you understand what was going on there. And so that's what he says. Now, therefore, why do you test God by putting a yoke on the neck? You see, the testing, the, the trial, you said, in essence, is on God Himself. Because if He brings them, like Father Abraham into the faith, why do you make His path, the path of God, if He deals with them, harder? Or they're going to say, well, that's too much for us, we can't bear it, you see, that's got to make it, you know, in essence, uh, more difficult for God to convert them, to bring them toward Him. They're going to see all these barriers placed before them before they're even able to walk, so to speak, still being babes in the faith. Uh, so that becomes a yoke and a test for God Himself, and a yoke on the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. But we believe that through the grace of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved in the same manner as they. Just like they're going to be saved, we're going to be saved. And it's not those rituals that God placed on us because we were rebellious and we were not willing to circumcise our heart that is going to save us. It's not that he's saying, well, stop doing all those things you who are Israelites. He's just saying for the Gentiles, since the also already expressed a willingness to circumcise their hearts, but they do not have to come under that burden that we did because of our hardness of heart. And so that's what he's telling them. And so then all the multitude kept silent. In other words, they understood. Okay, that's the way it is. Because that's exactly what the law told us. That's what Moses told us. That's what God told us. Because of the hardness of our heart, many things were added. You see? And that's why we had a difficult time uh, with all these things. It was a burden. And for that reason, even at the time, there were many Jews who were not even religious. Did not go to the synagogue. They just found it too much of a burden to this very day. There are an awful lot of Jews because of that. They find uh, what they you know, they think is uh, Judaism, which is a mixture of both, the law of God and rabbinic law. They find it too much of a burden. So they're not interested in that. And yet many of them said, look, I serve God. I believe in God. You know, I'm, I'm honest. I'm decent. I'm moral. And that's enough. And in essence, that's all God wanted, originally speaking. But Because of the hardness of the heart of the children of Israel and the stiff neck, he added many rituals that otherwise would not have been necessary. And that's what the issue is all about. And uh, so Paul is later on is going to deal an awful lot with this very issue. The people who are willingly from the heart, circumcise their heart, are not going to have to obey certain things. And the Gentiles found themselves in that category and yet the Israelites who because of their rebellion in the wilderness oh, many of those things were added you now continue to be bound by it but if they were not going to the temple even Israelites physical Israelites who are now uh, part of the body of Christ and their heart is circumcised many things now there too are not going to have to be under it because to begin with God did not intend for Israel to have all these uh, many of those rituals purifications and many of those things Uh, As far as circumcision, that was binding on all the physical descendants of Abraham. God demanded that. He said, that's a covenant and a sign between me and you and your descendants. That was a different issue. But the issue here of the circumcision was not the circumcision itself. It's the entirety of the body of the ritual laws that was attached to it. That once you enter into the faith of Abraham, you keep all these things. So you have to understand the distinction between circumcision and all the package deal that came with it. And this is what uh, Paul was, in essence, dealing with the most of the circumcision itself. But that's what the Pharisees were saying, you know, the sect of the Pharisee, you know, unless they're circumcised, and command them to keep the law of Moses, that is, entirely the ritualistic law, beside the spiritual law. And that's what the issue is, and so as we continue through the the writings of the Apostle Paul we're going to see an awful lot of that. This is what he's dealing with. People who are circumcising their heart many of those things that were given to Israel because of the hardness of their heart are not necessary. And so it is applicable also to the Israelites the physical Israelites Jews and Israel of the ten tribes if they are circumcising their heart and they're not going to go into the temple where all those things were necessary they would not have to keep many of those things. And so we have to understand what is really happening here. Because when the false prophets entered into the church, the grievous wolves, they took the entirety of the book of the law and threw it out of the window instead of understanding the issue here. But it's not speaking about the entirety of the law of God, the spiritual law. It's speaking about certain aspects of the law. The Torah, in other words, the Torah is a generic name for many, many aspects. And each one of them was given also the name Torah. There is the Torah of sacrifices, there is the Torah of marriage, there is a Torah of rituals, purification, there is a Torah of the building of the house, that is the temple, you see. And so when Paul oftentimes talks about the Torah, you have to understand what he's talking about. And people who have no background don't understand, they get mixed up. They think the whole thing, either is in or out. It doesn't work like that. The aspects of the Torah, which are also called the Torah, in other words, subdivisions, that can be more binding or less binding, more applicable or less applicable, depending on circumstances. And there were many laws uh, that God gave Israel, but He said, well, the Gentile, the surgeon among you doesn't have to keep them. For example, you do not eat an animal that died, but you can sell it to the stranger among you. He can eat it, it's okay with him, but not for you, you see. So there were certain things that God made a distinction to begin with, and so that's exactly, in essence, what He's talking about here. Yeah, only it bit be different because now we're talking about people that God is calling and is circumcising their heart. And therefore does not need to add all this burden upon them because to begin with they're obedient. It's a disobedience that needs many aspects of the law. Like simple things, don't walk on my grass. If you don't walk on your neighbor's grass, he does not need to have a sign there. But if you are in a habit of doing it, you're stiff-necked and hard in your heart, then you've got all those signs there, don't walk on my grass. You know, don't do this and don't do that. Many do's and don'ts. But otherwise it would not be applicable because you by nature are obedient to the law. So you are considerate of your neighbor and you are not going to do things that is going to irritate your neighbors and therefore it doesn't have to raise signs all over the place. That's why the nation, you know, the legislation of the, of the nation and of every state and of every municipality has to have so many laws because of disobedient people. People who have a hardened heart. In heart. But if they were obedient people, many of those folks would not even be there. And that's the very issue that Paul is dealing with here. He's going to battle that very issue, uh, you know, uh, battle with with the Jews, have a battle with them, repeatedly. That is the strict among them who could not see the whole picture. And that's what the issue is all about here. And so that's what Peter is making very plain to them. And so all the multitude kept silent and listened to Barnabas and Paul declaring how many miracles and wonders God had worked through them among the nations, the Gentiles, who, who were now becoming Israelites. So they were no longer Gentiles, once they are Israelites, Gentile the Gentiles uh, previously in the flesh, the physical uh, Gentiles still, but spiritual Israelites. While the Jews, or the children of Israel, the 10 twelve tribes, were both physical Israel and spiritual Israel once they were converted. And so, verse 13, After they had become silent, James answered, saying, Men and brethren, listen to me. Simon has declared how God at the first visited the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. You know, some of them, not all of them. He's not going to call all of them. just individuals. is going to grab them into the commonwealth of Israel. So, for his name. And his name is the God of Israel. And with this, the words of the prophets agreed. See? So it's not something new they're dealing with, it's just the fact that the first is in the process of getting so strict and added their own do's and don'ts on top of that, forgot about the whole picture that Moses talked about, that God talked about, that Abraham you know, was experiencing, and that the prophets talked about, and it should not have been really an issue. You see, But that, this is what the problem is. When people forget the whole picture and they zero in on the little detail and they see only the tree and they don't see the forest anymore. And that's what Paul was going to battle with the Jews all this time. Look at the whole forest. Don't get so bogged down with a tree that you don't see the whole forest. And so in verse sixteen we read, And after this, this is what the prophet said, James is telling the the congregation, After this I will return and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down, and I will rebuild its ruins, and I will set it up. And you see it's because of that and many other prophecies that the disciples asked Jesus Christ before he ascended up to heaven, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? You see, this is what it's talking about. Into the Commonwealth of Israel, in verse 17, so that the rest of humanity, or the nations, mankind here, in the New King James, may seek the Eternal. Even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Eternal, who does all these things. So, God is the one that is calling them, purifying their heart, circumcising their heart. So, what do you add? upon them? Burdens that were given to us, imposed on us because of our hardness of heart in the desert, in the wilderness. You see? So, it's bringing them to, to the beginning. It's how things were. Not how things became, but how things were and what God intended to begin with. And so, this is what he's telling them. Verse 18, "...known to God from eternity are all his works. Therefore, I judge that we should not trouble. And when he says, I judge, what he is saying by that, look, this is what God said, this is what Moses said, this is what the prophet said, so it's in accordance with the law. See? That's what it means to sit in the seat of Moses, in accordance with the law of God, with the Torah. Therefore, when you say, I judge, that's what you mean. It's not that you invent it from your own mind. And verse 19, that's what he says, Therefore, I judge that we should not trouble those from among the Gentiles who are turning to God. That we write to them to abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality, because that's where the weaknesses they had, and from things strangled and from blood. Now, all those things are a part of the Torah, because the Torah forbade all those things. So, in other words, he's saying, look, there are things that God imposed on us in the Torah because of the hardness of our heart. But there are other things, Regardless of the hardness, even if we were converted and had the Holy Spirit, God would have still demanded that we do. And they are also part of the Torah, and so He's mentioning certain of these things. And these things were not related to the fact whether you are spiritual or whether you are carnal, or whether you are converted, or whether you are hardly circumcised or not. There are certain things that God demanded you do no matter what. And circumcision for the children of Israel, physical descendants of Abraham, you do no matter what. You see. But for the Gentiles, in this specific aspect, they did not have to. And also, in the area where the, the rituals were imposed on Israel because of the hardness of their heart, well, the Gentiles, again, didn't have to, because they were already circumcised in the heart. And so that was not an issue. And so, in essence, they said, that's not, nothing new here. We've been told those things all this time, so understand where God is coming from. Because that's the issue. What God is doing, not what man, not what Paul... What God is doing here, and if God did it with Abraham, and even he would have done it with Israel had they not been uh, hardened in their heart, he would not have even imposed on them all these laws that we have to abide by if we're got to go you know to the temple and abide by the laws of the temple, but God did it again here, so who who are we to stand who we standing and that's why he says, I judge from that point of view from what the law says and so in verse 21, he had something very important that some people forget. So Moses had, has had throughout many generations those who preach him in every synagogue, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. In other words, all the entirety of the Torah, beside all these rituals that we're dealing with here in the circumcision, well, all Israel is already listening to those things, and all the Gentiles that came to the synagogue did agree with all those things. That's not an issue. They are being taught those things, and they should be taught those things. In other words, they should continue to go to the synagogue. And all it means, you know, go to the house of worship, a place where you you learn of the ways of God, and continue to be taught the law of Moses. So, in essence, it's not that the law of Moses is done away with. Just understand the distinction here, and the real issue here. The issue here is not the law of Moses. The issue is, because of the hardness of our heart, God has imposed on us, because we refuse to circumcise our hearts. Speaking about the community as a whole, Therefore, God imposed on us uh, many of those rituals. And circumcision is not one of them. Circumcision was from Abraham, see? It wasn't from Moses. So, the issue is not the circumcision, but all the rituals. And yet, the, the sect of the Pharisees lumped the two together instead of separating one from the other. Which Paul did, but they did not. And so, that's what he's saying. This is the issue. So, the Gentiles, since they are being circumcised by the Spirit, they do not have to come under that burden but we, too, had a difficult time with all these generations. And so that's what he says, as, 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 you know, as far as the law of God and the Torah of Moses, which God commanded all of Israel to keep, well, that's not an issue. Everybody's reading it and, we, you know, they should continue to go to the synagogue and learn all those things, Jew and Gentile. But, certain things that were imposed on us, well, that's a different issue. And this is what they were dealing with here, and this is what you would read later on in Galatians, in Romans, in Ephesians. With all the Gentiles that Paul went to and they became members of the community of Israel, but the parts that were imposed on Israel because of the hardness of the heart were not imposed on them because they were already circumcised in the heart. And so that's even what Paul says to the Jews. Look, you know, if you want to go by the entirety of the law, well, you're going to have to keep every single one of them if you want to keep your righteousness. But who can do it? No man can do it. Only Christ was able to do that. And since we can't, We have to rely on God to be circumcised in the heart by faith and the things that we cannot keep. God will forgive us and sanctify us and justify us and forgive our sins and iniquities. We cannot do it on our own. And so that's what he tells them. And then, verse 22, then it pleased the apostles and the elders and the whole church, that is the whole body of witnesses, the whole community, all the spiritual Israelites. You see, the issue was settled. Because they all understood, the law is not done away with, just certain aspects of the law, a subdivision of it, that was imposed on us because of our own hardness of heart, that is not imposed on the Gentiles. But as far as all the other laws of Moses, the laws of God, the laws of of Israel, they stand in force, and to this very day. And it's the unlearned and the ignorant that entered into the church later on, who did not understand this entirety of the story, and could not, Comprehend and make a distinction between one part of the law and the entirety of the body of, of teachings that God gave Israel that commanded them. And to the day that He comes, He still commands them to do those things. You see? That's where the issue became later on. And so when people understood those things, it was not a problem. But the unlearned did not understand all these things, and so they just threw the whole thing out of the window. And they said, well, the law is done away with because it's bad for us. No, Peter said, you know, the part that God imposed on us because of the hardness of our hearts some of the rituals, that was bad for us. He didn't say the entirety of the law was bad for us. And so when you study the writings of the, the Apostle Paul, you have to have the background and the context. What is happening here? What are they talking about? What is Peter talking about that was a burden? What does Paul say, That This is not what justifies you. And as it is, even, even, even if people were obedient to the entirety of of the law, every single aspect of it, that still would not justify them. It's still God who does it. Ultimately speaking, even for physical Israel. And so there's nothing new under the sun in that sense. And that's the reason when the apostle and the, and the church, the entirety of the body, and all the others heard it, there was no dissension. Everybody understood it because the prophets and Moses told them all about these things. It just they forgot about it in the process. as time went by. You see? And that's, what was settled here and so then it pleased the apostles and the elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to antioch and with paul and Barnabas, namely judas who was also named barsabas and silas leading men among them and they wrote this letter to them the apostles the elders and the brethren you see all of them were involved in it and you can see here already now totally a, a different uh way of governing uh the affairs of the community and later only it changed because of the false church they, they injected, you know, the Roman form of government and things became totally different. When other few at the top make all the decisions and everybody else, who cares about them? It doesn't work like that. It never did work like that. God, from the beginning, commanded the entirety of the congregation to be involved in the process. Even to the point of carrying justice also, you know, stoning the, or burning or hanging, you know, the criminal. Entirely the community was commended to To be partakers in the process because all of them were body of witnesses. And so you see that continues, you know, here because there's no difference and there's no uh, separation. It's the same church, it's the same people, it's the same law. All things continue the same thing. This is not something new that we read here. The apostles, the elders, and the brethren. And they wrote to the brethren who are in. Uh, who are all the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia, and so forth, all around the earth, uh, to the next few generations, and to the coming of Christ. I say, greetings, and so we, uh, we read here, since we have heard that some who went out from us have troubled you with words upsetting your soul, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law. You see, it's not only circumcision. It's speaking about the body of law that dealt with rituals. You see, understand the context. It's not talking about the Torah in its entirety. It's speaking about the body of law that was a part of the Torah that is also called Torah. If you don't understand the idioms that are used in the Torah in the the community of Israel, you get mixed up. You think he's talking about the entirety of it. He's talking about a part of it that is also called the Torah, but it's the Torah of rituals. So he said, uh, they say that you must be circumcised and keep uh, the Torah. Speaking about that part of the Torah, rituals, to whom we gave no such commandment, it seemed good to us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we have sent brethren, uh, we have therefore sent Judas and Silas who will also report the same things by word of mouth for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. Speaking about Christ, not speaking about a third person. And the, in the writings here uh, of uh, the disciples, you see a lot. The Holy Spirit, when it says, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit, when they use it in the sense of a person, because it is a person, speaking about Jesus Christ. So He's the head of the body. So that's what they're saying. It in good to Jesus Christ, who is holy in His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. As I mentioned that earlier uh, another uh, lesson, about the identity of the Holy Spirit. And so it's in good to the Holy Spirit. And these are Jews who are used to this terminology because even in the prophets, in Moses, also referred to God as the Holy Spirit, or the Father, of, or the God of all spirits. And so it says, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us, to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that you abstain from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from this, you will do well. And also, also, the body of the law, the Torah, that God commanded for all of Israel. And those are not things that had to do with uh, circumcision or uncircumcision. Those things that God commanded in in either case. But the body of the law that was given because of hardness of heart and willful uncircumcision of the heart, because of rebellion and necked spirit, all those things He says you don't have to keep because you are already circumcised see, and that's what the issue is all about. So unless you understand that very thoroughly and very clearly, you would not understand as you go further on uh, to the teachings of the Apostle Paul to the Gentiles what he's talking about when he talks about the law. Understand the totality of the concept of the law. There is the Torah, there is the totality of the Torah, and then there is the Torah, as I mentioned, of the Temple, and the Torah of marriage, and the Torah of purification, and the Torah of this and the Torah of that. So when he says the Torah, everybody knows what he's talking about. You know, they all know the context, they all know the background. They're always talking about the Torah, the rituals, you see. And now when you talk to people who do not have that background and concept, well, they're unlearned and uh, unless you explain to them properly and they comprehend it. They don't know uh, what they're reading and therefore they get mixed up. That's exactly what happened to many who are unlearned. And that's what Paul Peter said. Look, there are people who are unlearned. They don't know the context. They don't know the background. They don't know the whole story. They don't know the whole Torah. They don't know the subdivisions within it. They don't know what we are talking about. They don't understand our lingo, so to speak. You see, the community of Israel from Sinai, they don't understand all that. And so being unlearned when they come and read scriptures of the Apostle Paul, writings of the Apostle Paul, they get all mixed up. And they're wrestling with all things to their own destruction. They invent their own doctrines. And we have this problem to this very day because many in our midst have not studied the Torah very thoroughly. To fully comprehend and understand, so when they go to the prophets, they understand what the prophets are talking about, so when they come to the disciples, they understand what they are talking about. So when they read the writings of, of uh, Jesus Christ, you know, when he spoke in person, it was recorded, you see, about the Torah. Uh, they don't understand it as they should, and that's why when Christ said, look, I did not come to do will with the Torah, but to magnify it, that's what he's talking about. Well, well, until next time, this is Mordecai Joseph saying greetings to all of God's people. The preceding message was taken from the worldwide website at address www.biblestudy.org. This site is sponsored by Barnabas Ministries. Bible Study. You have questions. The Bible has answers.